Welcome to Phillies Weekly, your home for Philadelphia Phillies podcast. WBME Broadcasting Beyond Media East, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. This week, catch player news, the minor league report, and a week in review of the Philadelphia Phillies. Now, now, your host, Chris Smith. Well, it's good to have you aboard for week 12 of Phillies Weekly. How you doing? I'm Chris Smith. Philliesweekly at gmail.com is our email address. Also, philliesweekly.blogspot.com is our homepage. Check those out. Send us your emails. Glad to have you here. And a big thanks, as always, to Jason Brewer. Jason uh, works real hard for us getting the imaging, the intros, the outros, and things like that together here for the for the show. Uh, Jason works for a radio station called G-Rock in uh, southern New Jersey, Jersey Shore area. So if you were ever in that area, make sure you check it out. G-Rock is 98.5, 106.3 on your FM dial. Again, it's like southern New Jersey. You can also stream it online at grock.com. Great radio station, Modern Rock, so make sure you check uh, check G-Rock out when you get a chance. And Jason, again, does work at that station. And uh, if uh, you're looking to get a podcast up and running and you need some intros or some outros, things like that, send Jason an email. He does a lot of production on the side, does a great job. It's Jason Prod, Jason P R O D at gmail.com, and uh, he'll help you out. Send him an email, real nice guy. And uh, like I said, he's been to quite a few Phillies games uh, this season so far, and he's offered his feedback on those games, uh, and we appreciate that. And I think he said he's going to a game here this coming week, one of the Mets games next week, and uh, we'll wait to see what happens there. Getting right into Phillies Weekly, another good week for the Phillies. They're hanging right in there in a wild card race. Uh, and they're to be honest with you, they're hanging right in there with the uh, with the NL East race. And in my opinion, I'll get into, get into the, the the Braves series a little bit later on. But in my opinion, hey, again, we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago. Phils can shoot right up there for the NL East uh, right now. The Braves really not playing well, and the Phillies have that opportunity to to win a bunch of games here and get really hot, go on a go on a winning streak here. Hey, if the Braves keep losing, anything anything may be, may be possible there. So keep an eye on that NL East. Looks good. But uh, Jimmy Rollins, a real hot hitter right now. And Jimmy Rollins, uh, great job to him this week. He's been named National League Player of the Week for September 12th through the 18th. And uh, we all know Jimmy's been hitting great. He's in the midst of like a 27-game hitting streak. It's incredible. Great job to Jimmy Rollins. You know, remember we were talking a couple weeks ago, too, about Jimmy Rollins. Is he the answer? Is he the uh, the true leadoff hitter for this club? Is he going to get it done in the future? Well, if he hasn't proved it now, I don't know when it's going to happen. Between him and Lofton, we talked about Rollins and Lofton one-two punch last week, and we spent a lot of time on that and what those two have been able to accomplish in the one-two spots in the lineup. With those two hitting and producing the way they're hitting, uh, this is a good, great sign, and this is definitely what the Phillies needed. They needed the aggressive one-two hitters right off the bat to get on base. Of course, Lofton and Rollins with good speed, they can run the bases. This is good aggressive baseball we're seeing right now from the Phillies, especially from the leadoff guys, Rollins and Lofton. So something like this really needs to keep up uh, to, to propel the Phillies into the end of the postseason. Uh, and it starts out with Jimmy Rollins, obviously. And again, you know, he's really turned things around since we talked weeks ago about his struggles. Um, and he, he's just been he's just done a great job. Again, NL Player of the Week is Jimmy Rollins for September 12th through the 18th. Uh, last week, uh, Rollins led the National League with 14 hits, uh, 11 runs, and four stolen bases. Uh, he tie, it was tied for the league league with uh, four doubles and a triple. Hit 452 during that span. Uh, so he has just been, like I said, he's been on a tear. He's You can definitely see the production uh, within the Phillies club, and you can see how, ever, how excited everyone is. 
and, and, and it doesn't seem like it's going to stop anytime soon. Uh, Jimmy also had a home run in that span last week. Seven RBIs, 23 total bases, and a 742 slugging percentage. So, he, again, you know, we, we talked about all the extra base hits he was getting, and uh, a good sign there is the uh, is the seven RBIs and, of course, the home run. But the seven RBIs is going to show you that when, you know, the Phillies are, 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 are deep in their lineup and they're getting runners on base and, and they're turning the lineup over within the inning, Jimmy's been getting the hits. He's been getting, he's been getting the, the, the the, you know the, the the runners on base around the home plate, uh, so definitely a good sign there. Um, he's he's got like 101 runs scored for the season, so he's been getting on. Like I said, you know he's been getting on base. Uh, he, he struggled as of late, but uh, the last couple weeks he's just been on fire. He's been getting that's the key. Getting on base for Jimmy Rollins is so big for this team. You know, do you get someone like Jimmy Rollins get on base? You know, again with good speed, anything can happen. We talked about the speed and the aggressive base running. I think needs to be put in the, into play for this team. We talked about that in weeks past, and you know, if you're going to be a, a postseason contender at this point, uh, base running is very important. And uh, for the Phillies to get a little bit more aggressive in that aspect, uh, it's been definitely good to see. And uh, playing small ball a little bit, you're going to have to do a little bit of everything here when you get close of October. And all these games lately have been like playoff games, so you know, all these little tiny things are going to come into play. And, and Jimmy's really showing the fundamentals that are coming through here. And uh, again, if he keeps it up, I mean, this is this is our leadoff right here and uh, he's, he's certainly been showing it the last couple weeks um, with his performance and of course his performance in the field is, is always stellar it's always been great out there so uh, it's good to see Jimmy Rollins really doing what he's been doing for the club and uh, of course the uh, the hitting streak going at 27 games um, as of uh, as of Thursday September 22nd it is at uh, 27 games and um Check this out. Jimmy Rollins actually has uh, he, he he's passed uh, Chuck Klein, uh, who was the Philly with the second longest hitting streak in, in franchise history of 26 games. So he's gotten past Chuck Klein. Uh, Ed Delahanty uh, from the Phillies actually has the longest uh, hit streak back uh, back in 1899. This was set uh, the the longest Phillies hitting streak set by Delhanty is uh, 31 games. I was reading something or heard something the other day where that might not be completely accurate because one of the games was or, or something was disputed. I don't know the entire history on that or, or anything like that, but uh, something to keep an eye on there. At least Jimmy Rollins does have the second longest hitting streak in franchise history. That's kind of cool to see. Um, he only needs a few more uh, to, to break that and uh, set a new franchise record there. So Jimmy Rollins, again, that's 27 game, 27 game hitting streak. It's the longest in the modern era. I think um, Lenny Dykstra, the dude, had one, had a hit streak back in the 90s of something like 23 games or something like that. Uh, of course, that's surpassed pretty well by now. Uh, so that's kind of cool to watch here. Jimmy Rollins looking uh, zeroing in on the on the on the franchise number there for uh, for hit streaks for consecutive games hitting safely. So cool, cool to see that there. You know, I'm also going to keep an eye here on Ryan Howard and his bid for possible Rookie of the Year. The way Ryan Howard has been playing, you know, it, it didn't enter my mind until uh, probably last week. And you, you start thinking about stuff like this, and Ryan Howard has really just been on fire lately. And it would be kind of silly not to not to con not to consider him for some Rookie of the Year honors here, and 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 probably possibly get his name into that bid there. Just some numbers for you, by uh, as far as Howard goes. I mean, he's just been again been having a great year since he's been filling in for Tommy over at first base. Uh, Ten home runs in his last 22 games. 
And uh, he's just power. I mean, just complete power from Ryan Howard. I mean, you get opposite field home runs in parks that are difficult to hit the ball out of. You, you, you just get monster shots, and you get you, you know these home some of these home runs. A lot of the home runs he hits aren't solo home runs. They're usually with one or two guys on base, uh, which is uh, another great thing to see. Ryan Howard had another grand slam this week, so he has two grand slams for the season. Um, you, you know, and not only that, but uh, I think Howard is second in RBIs with 54 out of rookies, of course. He's second in on-base percentage at, uh, I think, a 356 clip for on-base percentage. Slugging's at 553. The extra base hits are at 34. So most of those most of those categories, he's second in, in the NL uh, on, on most of those categories there. And it's not really the, the, the quantity of home runs that Ryan Howard hits. It's, it's the timeliness of them. And, of course, you saw this week, and we'll get into this in a, in a couple of minutes, you know, Ryan Howard hits a grand slam against the – against the Atlanta Braves, and that really helps put put away one of those games in that series. But uh, And, of course, back back a couple months ago, Ryan Howard had the big walk-off home run off of uh, Brazaban, Yancy Brazaban from, uh, from Dodgers, and that, that won a game at Citizens Bank Park that we saw in extra innings, I believe. Uh, so Ryan Howard has definitely done, you know, like again, it's not definitely qual- quantity; it's more quality with him, and he's really come through in the clutch here. He's really got some big hits for the team uh, late in the game when they've really needed it. Check this out: the Phillies are 30, 13, and six when Howard has homered in a game this season. So again, he's really brought some some life to the offense, if you will, and he's really been, you know. I'm telling you, I mean, he, the kid has really been explosive in his first, in his, in his first. Well, I wouldn't call it full year, but his first, uh, his first year here in, here in the bigs. And uh, and there's, a, we'll have to see what happens next year when Tommy comes back and uh, what's going to happen there in the first base situation because there's definitely going to be a lot of questions raised. You know, what what do, you, what do you do? You know, I think what you do at that point is you start Tommy. If Tommy starts to struggle again, then Howard goes in. And uh, but that, that's that's a long way off. We'll concentrate on that when it happens. We're going to take a quick ID break. We'll get into the week in review for the Phils. It was another fish fry, but this time it was down at Dolphin Stadium down in Florida, down, down in Miami. Uh, did real well against the Marlins down there, taking two out of three. And, of course, against the Braves out at Turner Field, taking two out of three uh, this week. So we'll get into those games in just a quick minute here. Hang on. I'll be right back with more Phillies Weekly. Baseball. This is Phillies Weekly, your home for Philadelphia Phillies podcast. WBME Broadcasting Beyond Media East. Lancaster, PA. Now your host, Chris Smith. Hey, welcome back to Phillies Weekly. Thanks again for joining us. Philliesweekly at gmail.com is our email address and philliesweekly.blogspot.com is our homepage, so make sure you check those out. Of course, the homepage chock full with information and things like that and uh, some archives. You can get some past podcasts on there. Uh, we also have it set up where you can stream Phillies Weekly uh, if, if you don't have a uh, you know, if you don't have an iPod or you don't feel like downloading it. Well, you can stream it uh, right, for, right right to your desktop uh, from our homepage. So check that out this week, uh, philliesweekly.blogspot.com. Of course, show very fan-friendly, as it always is, so make sure you send us your emails at philliesweekly at, at gmail.com is our email address there. Getting right into the week of the Phillies, it was a great week and uh, some great pitching performances, and it kind of starts out last Friday. You kind of turn back the clock here, and you look at uh, a blowout last Friday, uh, September 16th, Phillies 13, Marlins 3, and this is where John Lieber, the beginning, or it's not really the beginning of September, we're already halfway through September, 
we're already seeing uh, John Lieber start to really develop into what we've known him to do in the past, in past Septembers. And we'll talk about some of his September numbers here in a minute. But John Lieber does a great job in only five innings. Uh, he gives up three hits, two earned runs, two walks, three strikeouts. Uh, he gives up a, a, the, the only runs that really were scored was a two-run home run by Carlos Delgado. So Lieber really does a great job uh, uh, keeping the, the game in in play for the for the Phils. And uh, this is what we need someone like John Lieber to do as as September finishes out here and uh, hopefully we get into, into October. Uh, is John Lieber, we really need him to step up and uh, do what he did last Friday. And uh, he also had another great start this week against the Braves. But uh, the Jimmy Rollins, Kenny Lofton, the one-two punch was big in this game. Of course, again, it was a, it was a blowout. Phils score 13, Marlins score 3. And the Rollins-Lofton one-two punch combines for six of the 13 runs scored. So that is great production. Jimmy was 3 for 5 with 4 runs and 4 RBIs. Kenny Lofton was 3 or 5 for 6 two runs in an RBI. So right there, I mean, you get those two guys hitting leadoff and you got well, hitting one, two. You get those guys hitting and getting on base, scoring RBIs and everybody else kind of follows uh, behind them. Now, the game really didn't shape up to be a blowout. In fact, it wasn't until the sixth inning that the Phillies really started to get things going. And we talked about Charlie Manuel in the past and some of the moves that he's made. We kind of questioned some of the in-game moves. Well, we'll go back to the sixth inning of this game. Bases are loaded two outs. John Lieber's spot comes up the bat. Now, keep in mind, Lieber's pitching very well. It's only the sixth inning. While Charlie Manuel decides, well, that's enough for Lieber right now. We're going to put a pinch hitter in. It's Michael Tucker. Michael Tucker comes in. Again, bases loaded, uh, two outs. Uh, Tucker singles in two runs. Jimmy Rollins follows him. Jimmy Rollins doubles in two runs. And uh, Rollins actually would go to third on a throwing error. Um, then Kenny Lofton would would single in Jimmy Rollins and just a huge inning. So a good move by Charlie Manuel there, obviously, uh, to, to replace John Lieber right there at that point with a pinch hitter and get things going. And the Phils had a big inning there in the sixth. Um, Again, like we mentioned, Lieber was just cruising along. He had only given up that two-run home run to uh, Carlos Delgado. But, but again, a good move by Charlie Emanuel to realize the situation. It's starting to get late in the game. Uh, maybe it's uh, you're going to have to get the pitcher. The pitcher spot comes up. you got to get somebody in there who's going to have a, going to give you a chance to score those runs, when, especially when the bases are loaded and two outs. Uh, Ryan Madsen and uh, Kalino Lopez actually pitched scoreless innings to close the game. Both pitchers actually struck out three, so good performances by those two relievers there. Uh, Marlins had to use seven relievers um, as the Phillies scored three runs in the eighth and ninth innings to solidify that lead. So the Phillies really got to the Marlins' bullpen, starting to wear the bullpen down out. Um, Brian Moeller was pulled. After the, 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 the Florida starter, Brian Moeller, was actually pulled after five innings, so the Phils got to him somewhat early. So Phils do a good job to take the first game of the series, 13-3. Move on to Saturday. It's another blowout. I mean, this is just really going good for the Phils. Final, final score on Saturday, September 17th, Phils 10, Marlins 2. Um, 10 runs in the ninth inning, and this is the inning. This is the big day game that uh, the Phillies came back, and it's Dontrell Willis. It's Vicente Padilla, Padilla. It's a pitcher's duel to the bitter end. You get to the ninth inning, and it is two to nothing, Marlins. And uh, you start thinking, well, how, how's this? How, how are we ever going to do this? How are we going to pull this off? Phillies score 10 in the ninth inning, and it starts off. Uh, it starts off Dontrell Willis. It goes through Todd Jones. It just keeps going and going and going, and doesn't seem to stop. 
First of all, though, the pitchers, Dolph, Padilla and Willis, both of those guys pitched great. Padilla gave uh, the Phillies seven strong innings, gave up just four hits, one earned run, uh, three walks, seven strikeouts on the day for Padilla, a 4.43 ERA on the season uh, for Vicente. Uh, so a great job by Padilla, but Willis was equally as strong. In fact, he went one extra inning. Dontrell went eight, eight innings strong. He gave up four hits, three runs, and the Phils got the runs in the ninth inning, of course. One walk, seven strikeouts, and a 2.48 ERA on the season for Don Trell. So similar numbers there for both pitchers. Again, just a big, uh, big uh, pitcher's duel the entire day. The only uh, trouble that Padilla got in was back in the third inning when he walked three, and it looked like it was going to be a big inning. Um, of course, I, I, there was an error by Chase Utley on a Miguel Cabrera ground ball that helped load the bases. Uh, Padilla actually walked Carlos Delgado to force in a run with the bases loaded. But then Padilla turns around and strikes out Jeff Conan and Paul LaDuca to end the inning. So it looked to be like a big inning for the Marlins. I think they only score one. Uh, and Padilla gets out of it. You know, he strikes out the side and, and gets things taken care of in the third inning and really settles down. So it was good to see that happening. Not much else really happened. I mean, they kind of they got both pitchers kind of cruised along, and then you get to the ninth inning, and things blew up for Dontrell Willis and the Florida Marlins. Starts out in the ninth inning. Uh, Jimmy Rollins starts out with a single. Jason Michaels walks. Bobby Abreu reaches on an arrow by Luis Castillo on a ground ball basis, or of course, or Rollins would then score. Todd Jones is then brought in to relieve Dontrell. Uh, it's two to one at this point, so the game is still in hand for the Marlins. Uh, Pat Burrell singles the shallow center. Looks like some miscommunication there between uh, Castillo, Luis Castillo, and Juan Pierre because the ball dropped right in between the two of them. Jason Michaels would score. The ball game is tied. Um, Chase Utley is up. He bunts. Um, Todd Jones fields the ball and throws it away. And Andy Chavez, who was pinch running for Pat Burrell, then scores. That's the winning run. That's really all you need to know. The inning just keeps, keeps going on and on and on from there. Four errors in the ninth inning for the Florida. Allowed ten runs for the Phils. And uh, it just looked like a... Boy, I, I mean, it really looked like a... Like a like a like a minor league team out there for the Marlins on the ninth inning. I just seemed like everything was falling in, uh, and they just had no clue of what was going on. So they finally they finally get out of the inning, and of course that was pretty much the ball game. The final score, of course, ten to two, and the Phils they call it the inning now. It's the inning it was a big ninth inning uh, back there at Dolphin Stadium on Saturday. So the Phils do a great job, a, a super job, uh, getting getting to the Marlins ninth inning and who would have thought who would have thought it would have uh, it would have ended up like that Sunday though you go move on to Sunday and the Marlins get their revenge uh, final score on Sunday 14 to 6 and Udi Brito really struggled with his control it was an ESPN game it was Sunday night a national televised game and you think well maybe you know you get on national TV and you'll give uh, you give someone like uh, Brito a chance to to maybe shine even more. Well, he only last two and a thirds innings. Um, and uh, Josh Beckett started for the Marlins, and he was in control pretty much the entire game. Uh, Abrito goes 
two and a third, like I mentioned. He gives up uh, five hits, three earned runs, three walks, just one strikeout, uh, 3.00 ERA on the season for Brito. Um, and again, he just couldn't, uh, Brito just didn't have the control. The control wasn't there. He couldn't get his pitches over for strikes. And uh, it really it really hurt him. Uh the Bullfields bullpen also gave up a bunch of hits here. Uh, Jeff Geary came in for some mop-up work. Uh, he gave up two runs. Uh, Robinson Tejeda was charged with a, with a couple. Gavin Floyd was charged with a couple later on. Um, and Pedro Liriano also had a couple later on, too. So it just kept going and going downhill for the Phils as the uh, game went on. Um Kenny Lofton had two RBIs, and Jimmy Rollins had another great game, uh, extending his uh, hitting streak there back on on Sunday. And and Josh Beckett did a great job. Six innings pitch for Beckett, five hits, two earned runs, four walks, five strikeouts. Could you expect anything else from Josh Beckett? Well, he gave up two runs, um, but by then the game was kind of a little out of hand. So uh, no Phillies home runs in that game, and... uh, well, you move on, you know. Marlins 14, Phils 6, final score there. So the Marlins really get their revenge on the Phils and, uh, in a big way on the Sunday night game, too, on ESPN, no doubt. Uh, so the so the, the Marlins are done with, and we'll move to Atlanta now and try our luck with the Braves. And uh, Monday, or Tuesday's game, Monday was off for the Phils, and Tuesday's game, Tuesday, September 20th's game, wasn't a whole lot better for the Phils. Uh, final score in this one, Phils 1, Braves 4. And Jorge Sosa gets the job done again against the Phillies. Uh, Braves starter, he pitches great. Um, Lytle, Corey Lytle starts. Um, and Lytle pitched well too, don't get me wrong. And uh, Lytle goes 5 and 2 thirds. Uh, he gives up 5 hits, 2 earned runs, 1 walk, 2 strikeouts, and a 4.74 ERA. Um, and well, we mentioned Jorge Sosa just had it going on. Uh, he really confused the Phils all night with good fastballs and a great slider. Um, Sosa did walk six, but he struck out seven, and that's the key. And the Phils weren't able to get those players that Sosa walked and was wild against. He wasn't able to move them along, and uh, or the, the Phils weren't able to move them along and, and score runs. And so you had somewhat of a low-scoring affair, and Sosa gave the Phils some chances, and they couldn't cash in. Interesting move here also. Game still well in hand uh, for both teams back in the sixth inning. Lytle was pulled uh, in the sixth with two outs um, and runners at the corners after he intentionally walked Andrew Jones. Lytle seemed confused. If you saw any of the highlights from the game when Manuel went out to pull Corey Lytle, he seemed surprised. He seemed confused, like he didn't know what was going on. Um, Manuel had brought in Raul Cormier. Adam LaRoche was w- would have been the on-deck batter. Uh, well, of course, Bobby Cox uh, pinch hits for LaRoche uh, for, with Julio Franco. Well, Cormier comes in and uh, immediately starts issuing walks and starts issuing out the free passes. Um, well, he walks Julio Franco, and then he also gets oh he, he gets ahead of Chipper Jones. Owen oh, 2 does Cormier. Walks Chipper Jones, which means a, he, he walks a run in, and uh, Ryan Madsen is brought in to get the final out of the, uh, final out of the inning. Well, keep in mind, you know, when Cormier was brought in, there was two outs in the inning, and uh, he ends up walk, giving, uh, giving up two consecutive walks, two consecutive free passes, and walks in a run. 
My opinion on Real Cormier, it's just uh, he's not the same pitcher that he was in 2003 or years prior. And I, I just really think another lefty must step in to fill his position next year. I, I don't think Real Cormier is the answer. We talked about Real Cormier and possibly him getting demoted to a situational only pitcher, a specialist only pitcher, somebody who comes in for one batter and that's it. And I think that's what maybe Charlie Emanuel was thinking uh, here with uh, with uh, with Cormier in this situation, Manuel's explanation went like this: LaRoche had pulled the ball off Lytle for an out in the fourth uh, because Ryan Howard would be holding the runner on first with a lefty up. Manuel wanted to go with a, with a, with a lefty with with a southpaw. He went to Cormier, figuring that Braves manager Bobby Cox would would uh, pinch hit with Julio Franco, and that's exactly what happened. Just it seems to be a long, drawn-out type thing, and maybe Manuel thinking too much there. I don't know. You're thinking LaRoche is going to pull one? Yeah, I, well, I don't know. Lido was actually pitching good that night. He wasn't pitching bad at all. He had control over his pitches. He had some good uh, good uh, breaking balls working, things like that. And, you know, when you see a pitcher work work like that, and, and he has two outs in the inning, you almost want to see him stick in there and, and finish the inning. Not only does it do a lot for the confidence, but also does for for the pitcher's confidence. But it does a lot for the team too. It helps you keep keeps you in the game and gets everyone excited again. Kind of turns the momentum around, especially when you have runners at the corners, and you're able to you're able to take care of the meat of the of the other team's lineup. Well, Manuel doesn't give Lytle that opportunity, and you could tell uh, Lytle was upset, and uh, things kind of went downhill uh, from there. Um, so the Phils went one for seven in the game with runners in scoring position, with five strikeouts with those in those opportunities. Of course, you mentioned Sosa had given up six walks, six free passes, and the Phils couldn't uh, couldn't cash in. So the final score on Tuesday, the first game of the Braves series, Phils won, Braves four. We saw just kind of a, a repeat of things, and uh, the bullpen kind of getting hit around a little bit, and just a kind of a confusing move that Charlie Manuel made, pulling Corey Lytle. He explained himself, but you know, still, again, in that situation, I still question that move. You bring someone like Real Cormier in, you really don't have a quality left-handed uh, pitcher to put in that situation. You just don't bring Cormier in because he's a left-handed pitcher. Real Cormier is still going to have to make quality pitches, no matter if there's a lefty or a righty facing him. Uh, and Cormier hasn't done that this season. So bringing him in in a pressure situation with two outs when it's starting to get late in the game is not going to make a whole lot of sense in my mind. Uh, so, again, we, you kind of question those moves a little bit, and uh, Phils can't get the win there. Time goes on. Uh, we'll move on to Wednesday's game. Phils 10, Braves 6, and a great a great game for the Phils. You can see the momentum changing as, as the game went on. Um, Brett Myers gets a starting starting nod for the Phils, and he struggles. Uh, Brett Myers, Myers starts getting uh, frustrated again. You could see calls not going Brett's way, and he would uh, start, uh, you know, walking around the mound. He would start. You could you could just tell it was a body language thing. Brett Myers was frustrated with himself. Brett goes five innings. Uh, he gives up four hits, uh, three earned runs, four walks for Brett, just three strikeouts. Uh, he gave up a home run and a 3.75 ERA uh, on the year. So Myers Myers is frustrated on Wednesday. Uh, he doesn't pitch well. He gives up a lot of a lot of hits, uh, some earned runs, and he he walks three, um, and just a complete loss of control. You know, if you watch Brett, you could tell he just wasn't. He just didn't have his control down and. Uh, Throwing fastballs where they don't belong and elevating curveballs, things like that. You can't do that against the Braves team. Uh, David Bell uh, going to the offense uh, here for the Phils. Actually, a two-run home run in the second. 
Um, and uh, Rollins also had a two-out, two-run double in the sixth. Uh, and then Pat Burrell went three for five. So, uh, again, the Phil's offense get, gets it done on Wednesday. And uh, they helped Brett Myers out, who didn't pitch exactly well. Uh, Ryan Madsen, uh, the Phil's would, would blow two three-run leads, actually, in this game. Well, Ryan Madsen, who really has struggled as of late, would give up a three-run home run uh, in the seventh inning to Adam LaRoche. And uh, Madsen just really has been off lately. His fastball has been off. His curveball has been off. And, uh, again, the Phils, the Phils blow a couple three-run leads here. And Ryan Madsen lately is just not helping his cause. And you could tell it's probably a mixture of probably him being a little bit tired, a little bit wore out, and just, a, again, just a loss of control. He's not locating his pitches. He's not putting them where they belong. He's back to not using uh, change-ups to, for his out pitch. He's back to, you know, throwing fastballs all the time and trying to get them over. Hasn't been really working for Ryan Madsen. So, again, Madsen continues to struggle, gives up another lead. I think the game is tied at this point, and we'll go to the 10th inning because it's, 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 it goes into extra innings, of course. Kyle Davies in for the um, in for the Braves, and um, Phillies load the bases off him. Uh, Shane Victorino actually grounds sharply to third. This is an interest, interesting play because bases are loaded, no outs. Chipper throws home to get the force out, uh, and then they try to get Victorino at first. They can't do it, so the bases stay loaded with just one out. Doesn't really matter, though, because Ryan Howard would follow up with his second grand slam of the season off John Foster. And John Foster, a left-handed pitcher, uh, being brought in the game to kind of try to harness Ryan Howard doesn't work. It's uh, Howard's second game-winning home run of the year. And uh, Charlie Manuel actually pulled uh, 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 Howard back before he went up there to face Foster and said, look, uh, just uh, just relax. Make sure you stay on the ball and uh, track it and uh, just go up there with that idea. And that's what Howard did. And, uh, you know, what can you say about the guy? You know, we talked about him earlier in the in the show, and uh, hey, man, he's got to make a he's got to make some sort of bid here for rookie of the year. He's been doing such a great job. Jeff Geary also had a key inning in the top of the tenth. Geary actually struck out uh, Giles and uh, Andrew Jones, um, and then Wagner pitches the bottom of the tenth uh, for the save. So Jeff Geary, uh, a good job, or I should say that Jeff Geary pitched the uh, bottom of the ninth. So uh, to, to hold to hold the tie and make and hold that to hold that tie situation there. So Jeff Geary, a good job there to strike out two key hitters in uh, Marcus Giles and Andrew Jones to keep the game in check. Of course, Wagner comes in in the bottom of the tenth uh, to, uh, to to close the game out, and the Phils win this one ten to six off a of Ryan Howard grand slam home run. Move on to Thursday, final game of the of the uh, Atlanta Braves Phils series at Turner Field, and uh, a shutout. And John Lieber uh, pitches superb again. And Lieber uh, comes in 16-12. and 12. He is on the year now. Eight innings pitch. He goes on Thursday. Five hits, no earned runs, seven strikeouts, and a 4.23 ERA. Another pitcher's duel here between John Lieber and Tim Hudson. And uh, some numbers here for John Lieber in September. If the Phils are going to make the postseason, Lieber is going to be key. Here's what he's done in the past. Uh, he's, he is 12-0 in his last 16 September starts with a 2.64 ERA. His last September loss came on September 4th, 2001. So John Lieber is definitely a September-type 
guy. He likes pitching in September, and uh, he's been getting the job done for the Phils so far this month. Uh, and again, a pitcher's duel here on Thursday. That was Tim Hudson, who pitched almost just as well. Hudson goes eight and two-thirds. He gives up six hits, four earned runs. The game kind of got away from him a little bit later on, and we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, he struck out three and gave up a home run, a 3.48 ERA for Tim Hudson. So a, so a strong pitcher's duel for most of the game. It was fun to, fun to see that going on. Um, and the Phils get it done off the bench. Uh, key hits by Michael Tucker and Shane Victorino late in the baseball game. Uh, of course, Michael Tucker with an RBI single in the ninth for the game's first run. It was it was a scoreless game up until the ninth inning. And of course, Shane Victorino would follow it up with a three-run home run to make a 4 nothing, and that's how that game would stay. Uh, David Bell had played great defense. And uh, you'll see you know, one of the assets that David Bell really does provide out there is uh, his great defensive play. And he did a great job uh, stabbing a hard uh, hit for Kyle Grounder in, in the eighth with a runner on third. He was able to hold that runner there. I think it was Langerhans uh, who was on third at that time. And, um, you know, just uh, j- just a good just a good defensive day by David Bell uh, out there. And uh, a strange move in the eighth inning for Bobby Cox. And, uh this really, really kind of helped the Phils and really kind of uh, decided the game, I think, at least for the Braves. Uh, Langerhans is on third with one out. Uh, Tim Hudson's spot comes up the bat. Well, uh, Cox leaves Hudson in the bat for himself. And I, I, again, what they're thinking here, I think, was um, possibly a bunt for a squeeze play. And uh, Bobby Cox is hoping, hoping for that. But... Um, Hudson doesn't get it done. He shows bun a couple times. He finally makes contact and a little dribbler out in front of the plate with one out. Pratt picks the ball up. He's able to look Langer hands back at third, throw the first, and get uh, get the out there uh, at first base. And then, of course, uh, David Bell with that great play on Raphael for call following up Hudson, and uh, Bell was able to, to finish off the inning. And uh, Langer hands get stranded on third. So probably a real game-changing play right there, I think, if... Um, of course, if uh, if Hudson or for call single in uh, Langer hands on third, could have been a different game. But the Phillies are able to hold it off, and they're able to go on and win four nothing. Of course, again, help ba- helped out big by a Shane Victorino three run home run in the uh, in the uh, in the ninth inning. So. Great job to the Phils this week. It was another great road trip. Uh, they go um, they go four and two on on the, this past week and just these just these past six games and uh, they stay right in a wild card hunt. As of today, uh, two games out of the wild card hunt. Of course, Houston still leads that, and four games out of the NL East uh, top spot still held by the Atlanta Braves. I want to take a quick ID break. We'll come back and uh, look at a quick weekend preview here for the Phils. The Cincinnati Reds, while they were out at the Great American Ballpark this weekend, go home for the final series of the year at Citizens Bank Park against the Mets, and we'll finish up the regular season with the Washington National. Hang on, more Phillies Weekly is coming right up. You are listening to Phillies Weekly, your home for Philadelphia Phillies podcasts on WBME Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Now your host, Chris Smith. Welcome back to Phillies Weekly, week number 12. I'm Chris Smith. Philliesweekly at gmail.com is our email address. Thanks for joining me. Of course, uh, week in preview, and it's getting close. It's getting close to crunch time. And uh, the Cincinnati Reds, the Phils go out to Cincinnati for a three-game set with the Reds uh, September 23rd through the 25th. 
Your pitching probables look like this. Uh, Friday night, uh, Padilla, Vicente Padilla, and uh, Aaron Harang will go at it. Uh, Saturday, September 24th, it'll be Udi Brito against Eric Milton. Remember Eric Milton, the former Phil. Milton is 7-14 this year with a 6.55 ERA. I think Milton has given up the most home runs of any National League pitcher. <laughs> so... It's a good thing. That's well, we we talk about uh, you know so many times how players come and go from the Philly organization from the Phillies and uh, they go elsewhere and they seem to really really excel. And you see the type of year that Kevin Millwood is having this year out in uh, out in Cleveland. But Eric Milton, one of those guys who who left Philly and uh, he had such a great year last year, but he's seven and fourteen this year with a six point five five ERA. So we'll see what happens there. He's a lefty. We'll see if Ryan, how much Ryan how how much playing time Ryan Howard gets. We'll also see how much playing time Kenny Lofton gets because we know typically those two players aren't started uh, when there's a left-handed starting pitcher on the mound for the opposition. Uh, So we'll see what happens there. Sunday, September 25th, it'll be Corey Lytle and uh, Randy Keisler. Keisler is only 2-0 with a 6.54 ERA. He's a youngster, I believe, or he was just uh, getting some spot starts out of the bullpen and hasn't pitched a whole lot for the Reds. So we'll see what happens there. Lytle, uh, again, his former teammates uh, going into going into Cincinnati, and Lytle needs another strong start like he had the other night. And uh, uh, it'll help the Phils get in good shape to possibly sweep three games. Boy, wouldn't that be great coming out of Cincinnati with a three-game sweep. And then, of course, go back to Citizens Bank Park on Monday. Uh, Monday starts Monday, September 26th, for the final home series of the season with the New York Mets. And a uh, big series with the Mets. We did find out tonight, however, and some pitching probables for this Mets series would be Pedro Martinez on Tuesday versus John Lieber. However, I did read an article tonight uh, and kind of some breaking news here from MLB.com that uh, Pedro may be shut down for the rest of the year depending on what happens this weekend. Uh, I guess the uh, with Pedro being was something like 30, 34, something like that, and uh, the Mets say he's physically beat up this year and uh, – the Mets are really kind of technically out of any playoff hopes and they are looking to shut him down. So very possible that Pedro may be shut down for the rest of the season that we may not have to face him. We'll have to see what happens uh, from now until Tuesday, but we might luck out again. We lucked out this past week. Uh, John Smoltz was supposed to get the start, I believe um, on uh, Wednesday and Horatio Ramirez made the start. The Smoltz was struggling with some back problems or something like that. So we might dodge a bullet here again. We'll have to keep an eye on this situation and see if the Mets decide to shut down Pedro for the year and just uh, you know look to next year and uh, look to rebuild again uh, next year um, and and you know give him some extra time off. I guess you could say. Well, the pitching probables for the Mets series, of course, it would be Pedro and John Lieber on Tuesday. You go back to Monday, it would be Jay So and Brett Myers, and Wednesday, the last game of the series, would be Steve Traxel for the Mets and uh, Vicente Padilla for the Phils. So those are your pitching probables for those series. Um, some players look out for, and, you know, we, uh, we, we got the Washington series later in the week, uh, the 30th through the 2nd. That's the last series of the regular season. Some pl- and Washington is one one of those teams which I think can be one of those just killers. They can be a spoiler. I mean, we talked about Washington a couple weeks ago and how they are hustlers. They they kind of go down for a couple weeks and they really are playing bad ball, but then they come back and they're they're right there again. They're you know they're they're playing. Gr- 
they, they just go from one extreme to the other, and it's interesting to see Washington go through these swings. Um, and uh, so Washington could definitely be a, a huge spoiler here. And you know, the players you watch out for always, guys like uh, Brad Wilkerson, guys like Jose Vidro, guys like Preston Wilson, guys who have hit the Phillies well in the past. You know, it's no joke here. Those are the guys that you look out for, and of course. Remember the great performance that Esteban Loaiza had last time against the Phils? Something like 11 strikeouts a couple weeks ago on a Sunday afternoon game. Don't know the pitching probables for that series yet, but I, I'm telling you, it's just, again, the, the Nationals are going to be no easy task. They can always be that spoiler. They, too, are getting close to being eliminated out of this whole thing. But, again, they could, they, they've, they've, they've been a real tough not to crack for some of these teams, so we'll have to see what happens with the uh, with the Nationals uh, for the final series of the regular season. Of course, the Mets players coming back. Cliff Floyd has hit the had the has hit the fills well this season. He's uh, 3.85 average against the fills this year with five home runs. Mike Piazza is back. Um, he is hitting 356 against the Phils this year with four home runs. And we talked, we saw the Mets back a couple weeks ago with all those replacements and when Piazza was hurt. And remember, Ramon Castro got to the Phils and a couple of those guys out there. I mean, you know, the, the, the Mets have the players off the bench uh, which have hurt the Phils in the past. And even Jose Offerman, uh, who the Mets got after he was released by the Phillies, had uh, has a couple hits and uh, some RBIs, I believe, against the Phils. So, the Mets have the players off the bench which have hurt the Phillies before in the past, so we'll keep an eye. This will be another good series, I think, and if be dodgeable if Pedro doesn't pitch. But, um, again, you know, two teams which could be spoilers, not necessarily in the playoff hunt at this point, the Mets and the, and the Nationals are, but they could really be spoilers and they could really um, uh, hurt the Phillies a little bit here if we don't watch out. So, some exciting baseball coming up here in September. Uh, we have Cincinnati, the Mets, and the Nationals, um, some teams which are kind of out of the playoff hunt. We'll see how that goes. The Houston Astros, it will be nice to see them lose some games, not crossing any fingers there. I did hear tonight that Roger Clemens is going to probably miss a start because of a back issue, uh, some pain he's having in his back. Good news for us because that keeps Roger Clemens out of the mix. Of course, um, then you have the Braves, and the Braves have not been playing very good baseball as of late. If the Braves start losing games, and there's only, like I said, a handful of games left, 9, 10 games left in the season, but still, if the Braves happen to lose a handful of games, the Phils would, would, keep, would keep winning, you never know what would happen in the NL East. As a matter of fact, they just had a coin toss today, uh, Major League Baseball did, in case there is a tie for the NL East. Uh, and the coin toss was to determine home field, and the Phillies won that coin toss. So if there would be a one-game playoff to de decide the NL East, it would be at Citizens Bank Park. So people are thinking about it. You know, you got the you got the you got the people in the front offices thinking about, hey, you know what, the Phillies the Phillies are there. They're four games out. Um, this could be a different story come in a couple days. By, by early next week, again, if the Phils go through Cincinnati and have a good series there, and, of course, continue to win against the Mets, and the Braves continue to lose, man, it could be a real different story. It could be a different scenario in the NL East. And, of course, the wild card, we'll keep our eye on that because Houston, um, Houston's been playing very well, good ball as of late, and uh, they haven't been losing a whole lot of games. So the NL East becoming kind of, in my opinion, an interesting situation. I'm being optimistic about it, fingers crossed, and uh, let's go, Phils. Let's see what we can do about uh, toppling the Braves off here.
that's going to do it just about do it for me i'm chris smith thanks for joining me we'll see you next week we'll have a full recap on the cincinnati series the new york Mets series from citizens bank park and we'll touch on the final series of the year the washington national series uh at rfk stadium in dc so until then take care and uh, we'll cross our fingers for the fills. And uh, hopefully by this time next week, we'll start talking about playoffs and what the fills will need to do the second week of October. That really sounds good. I hope I'm, hope I'm able to, to come and, and give you that news. So we'll see what happens there. Have a great week. I'm going to leave you with some highlights now from the inning, the ninth inning that the Phillies had against the Marlins last Saturday when they scored 10 runs and eventually blew out the Marlins down there at Dolphins, Dolphins Stadium in Miami. We'll see you next week. Take care. And that one is hit hard. Castillo in the right field. Jimmy Rollins is going to score. Jason Michaels around the third. Speed around the bases. Pat Burrow skies one in the air into shallow center field. Michaels going to set himself. Pierre coming on. Let's it fall. And now can't pick it up. And everybody is safe. And he's shown butt. There's team baseball right there. The sacrifice is thrown away. And the Phillies are going to take the lead. And Bell pops one up. That's the same spot. Shallow center field. And they can't make the play again. This is amazing. And Lieberthal wraps one into center field. That's going to be a base hit. And it'll bring in the fifth run. Wraps one on the ground. This is just not ending for the Florida Marlins. Extend his hitting streak to 23 games, and he punches one through the drawn-in infield. One run scores, and the second run will cross. And there's a line drive into center field for a base hit. And they're going to wave the runner. The throw to the infield is way up the line. Unbelievable. Shane Victorino lifts one in the air to center field. Guess what? That likely will be another run. Pierre had to battle that all the way looking into the sun, and Rollins will score easily. You've been listening to Phillies Weekly on WBME Broadcasting Lancaster, PA. Join us next week as your host, Chris Smith, recaps the weekly highlights, player news, and minor league scouting reports for the Philadelphia Phillies Major League Baseball Club. Be sure to join us online at philliesweekly.blogspot.com and make sure to send us your emails to philliesweekly at verizon.net.